you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Surprise Face Podcast. We're so happy to be here, and we're happy that you're here. And who is we today? It's me, Lacey, and Seth, and Amber, and Lindy. Everybody say hi. Hello. Hi. hello. I'm so happy to see all of your faces. I feel like since it's been sunny out here, we all have just like a little bit more color in our in our skin, too. We're, we're coming along on our summer game right now. Except for the <laughs> one of us that lives in Montana that has had snow off and on the last three weeks. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Put on a Zoom filter or something, you know. <laughs> okay, so we are coming to the end of the month of April with our focus on Earth Month. And so we decided as a group, it would be a great opportunity to talk about how we actually in practice stay connected to the Earth in this digital age. Okay, so we are all digital employees. We are knowledge workers. We spend all our time on devices, right? And so how do we make sure that we're not spending all our time on devices? How do we stay connected to the Earth and balanced in a way that is more healthy for us. Um, before we get into the meat of it, first question is Seth. Yes. Tell me one piece of social media content that you took in over the last eh, week or so that brought you joy. Okay. Uh, so there's this trend going on on TikTok right now that every time I come across a post, it just, it cracks me up. And I think it's so creative. Um, I don't know if you've seen these, but where someone like trips and their flip flop goes flying or someone like closes a door and accidentally hits the cat and knocks it across the, the you know, room or whatever. And people take that and they stitch it and they like make the flip flop, like go flying across the sky. Uh -huh. And then it yes. goes flying in front of the moon and then it like lands in the neighbor's yard or something like that. I don't know why, but for some reason, every time I come across one of those, it just, it cracks me up to no end. I just, I laugh literally out loud without any emojis needed. Just, I, I, I gut laugh. So that, that bit of social media really just brings me joy these days. Flying flip flops. Yeah. And cats. I really like the one where the, the lady like. <laughs> Hits the cat with the door and like someone stitches like a stuffed animal flying into a kettle and like slams the lid on it. <laughs> and it looks like the cat, you know, it, it, anyways. Oh, that's so good. So good. Yeah. Okay, so Lindy, I want to open with you talking a little bit about why this is important, right? You've done a little research on the science behind why it's so important that we stay balanced and connected in this to the earth in this digital time. So give me a little bit of the research that you did. Okay, well, I could talk about it for a long time, and I could specifically talk about it for a long time in regards to kids because my degree is focused on early childhood development. So a while back, I listened to an audiobook called The Three-Day Effect, which is just a example of the multiple studies of research that is out there about the benefits of spending um, time in nature, even though this specific book does not have control groups. It's part of a larger correlation of data based on research in okay. nature. So it talks about how there are large psychological benefits of spending three consecutive days in nature. Mm. And that... Um, on the third day, 
of spending time in nature, your brain actually starts to relax and to produce like your hormones and chemicals in a different way that reduces anxiety, increases creativity, um, boosts overall well-being and makes you happier and healthier overall. And this specific book that I listened to was using it um, to help Iraq war veterans, sex trafficking victims, and people who had lots of trauma um, to kind of step outside of their lives and connect more closely to their bodies. Wow. I like that a lot. I I think sometimes for me, it only takes like three minutes out there (laughs) to feel some of those similar effects. Well, that leads to like my second avenue of knowledge about kids, right? So I'm going to do like a an honesty moment here. When I get the most frustrated with my kids, I do that too. I'm like, all right, especially in the summertime, I like step outside and I'm like, all right, I'm going to soak in the sun. <laughs> I am going to breathe. I am going to center myself and then I will come back in and I will be able to communicate more effectively with them. But so the research around kids and nature and nature in general um, is that even just viewing photos of nature can have positive psychological and well-being health. So that's why, you know, some of those old wives tales and like people do it, but why, Um, you know, the the scientific studies in regards to the benefits of nature have for a long time lagged behind the anecdotal sayings around people Mm. in nature. But over the last mm, five plus years, that research has actually exploded. Um, And so there've been lots of studies kind of putting all of the studies together um, and looking at all of the different research around it, um, that viewing pictures of nature, um, spending time in nature, turning your desk towards nature, being in rooms that have the same colors as nature, um, all have some of those similar effects. Um, and some of those effects include, um, rejuvenating attention. So being able to spend Mm. a little bit of time outside, if you're having a creativity break, coming back inside, um, relieving stress, boosting self-discipline, um, making more cohesion and motivation and, um, increasing just physical activity and like having, you know, the nature sounds, nature colors, are all really calming, centering things. And so being able to engage in those and or bring those things inside have very similar effects. So Amber, from your perspective and your experience as a as a digital worker like we are, do you feel those same effects too that Lindy is talking about? <clears throat> I'm actually thinking if I needed an excuse to go away for three days, I just found it. but I do I mean I we talk about that all the time at Spry without uh the science that Lindy's talking of it's pretty cool about if you are just struggling with your workload or you're just having a hard time processing the amount of things I get stuck when my to-do list is this long and I have you know only a short amount of time I tend to 
shy away from anything. Like I have a hard time even getting started on some of that stuff because I just feel completely overwhelmed. And what I'll do is I'll walk outside and I'll either bring my laptop out there and work outside. But think about how you feel when you're outside and how it immediately feels like the way the world is off your shoulder. But then add the layer of, like she said, the sounds, like the birds start Mm. chirping or you start hearing the frogs. Like it's instant euphoria for me. So, um, yeah, when you need, I do that kind of naturally changing my environment when I'm feeling stuck. So it's cool to hear Lindy kind of talk on that, um, saying that there's science behind it. Mm So Seth, tell me about a practice that you have that kind of keeps you, you know, balanced and and focused on or in nature um, and gets you out of the, the desk and the screens. Yeah, so um, I've always been very, very outdoorsy. Um, and one of the things that I just absolutely love to do that, that just connects me to the earth is... Um, eating wild things, creating a meal mm. without going to the grocery store. There, to me, whether it's going fishing or collecting mushrooms or wild plants, there's just something about I got this from the ground, you know. Um, and I've actually noticed that in the digital age, my connectivity to technology actually helps with, with my connectivity to the earth. Okay. Because say I'm out in the woods and I, I find this mushroom that I really want to eat. It's so um, convenient to be able to reach for my phone and just start Googling and start doing some research rather than having to take the mushroom home, look through all my books, which is a good practice. And I generally do anyways before I eat a mushroom for those that are going to be like, why are you out eating mushrooms? I do, <laughs> I do my research very well, but it's very nice to be able to do the research right there on the spot and do it. The other thing that I really like um, that my technology actually helps me connect to the earth is in the state of Washington, we have a lot of regulations on anything you can do outdoors. And it's very, very nice to, if I have a question about is what I'm about to do legal or is it in season or um, can I take this home with me? It's so nice to be able to just pull up the Washington state websites, look through the rules, say, yes, it's in season. Yes, I can keep this fish. Yes, I can collect this mushroom. Um, and just know right there on the spot rather than having that anxiety when I'm in nature trying to connect to the earth on whether or not what I'm doing is acceptable. So uh, that's what's, one practice. What's the best mushroom recipe you like to make? Oh, I love just taking like chanterelles and just sauteing them with a little bit of butter and rosemary until they're just start to get crisp. Oh my God. God, so good. It's so good. <laughs> Amber's face right now. <laughs> um, I can't. I don't know why I've never been able to do mushrooms. I don't know why ever. Like it's a texture thing for me. There's a woman I follow. Her name is Alexis Nicole on Instagram and her handle is Black Forager. And basically her entire account is her going out into the world and and picking, you know, finding, picking, harvesting things that people would never normally think of as food and and how she, you know, prepares them, turns them into this syrup. And she's like, you know, well, I'm going to use my seaweed salt on this, but for you normal people, you're fine with uh, Morton's, you know. But like all the food she eats and everything is for stuff that she forages for. And it just like, like you're talking about, Seth, it just reminds me like, oh yeah, like the earth grows food. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay. Um, Amber, why don't you tell me about a practice that you do that 
um, brings that sense of balance for you. Like Seth, I grew up in a family of hunters and foragers and fishermen, and we do eat a lot of our, a lot, source a lot of our food from the earth. And in order to do that, you have to get out into nature, right? And sometimes my grandpa would tease me that I was always the worst hunting partner because I, I don't go out to the woods for food. I go out to the woods for peace because mm. I would sit and he also, in, in the other sense, that I was a good hunting partner because I would just sit there for hours and hours and hours. I wouldn't be like, <laughs> can we go? Can we eat? Can we do this? I love just being in the middle of the woods. No cars, no traffic. I actually know technology in those situations. Um, but on the flip side of that, one of the things that our family does that we love more than anything that gets us into um we use technology to get into nature and that is that we're huge geocachers and so i don't know if you guys have ever done that but i would strongly encourage you to do it i mean be good stewards of it obviously there are a lot of rules that go with geocaching you shouldn't download the app and then just go out you should for sure make sure that you're being respectful sometimes a geocache can be found in the middle of downtown Seattle in a light pole hole. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you're um, on someone's private property. A lot of times you are taken to a view of a canyon or a city or anything. You're taken to something that is magical that somebody else has found and is like, I want to bring people here. I want other people to experience this. So we've been a lot of places where we would have never gone on our way through somewhere because we were um, making a point to stop and find a geocache. Um, How fun. So, and I, we, we use an app for it so that it's handy and we can kind of do it. And I think we've collected geocaches in seven or eight states. So it's pretty fun. You get little badges wow. for it. But so anyway, we've seen a lot of things. One of my favorite things I think is we went up an old logging road. There was actually two kind of twofold and these are both right here locally where I live one is it took us to it was a stream coming off the mountain but there was a tree there that had obviously been struck by lightning and was completely burnt but nothing around it had been burnt it was just that tree it's kind of eerie when you see something that had been obviously on fire and somehow it just stayed contained to that um And then the second place is like one of my closest to home geocache is actually we walked up there and it was full of nettles, full of nettles. So most most people say, no, you don't want that. Right. But we were able to collect some and and make some nettle tea, which is awesome for your digestive system. So nice. Yeah. So you've got some foraging skills of your own there quite a bit. Not I don't think that mine are as honed as Seth's are, but <laughs> uh, I don't I used to forage for chanterelle mushrooms with my grandparents when we were kids. I haven't done it in years, but I've <laughs> I've never eaten them. Just never even tried. Should. No, cuz uh, like back in the day you could pick them and get a lot of money for them. You might, maybe you still can. I don't know. So you that's what can. they were doing. And my grandma would do it for a little extra money. All right, Seth, what other practices do you have that bring a sense of that balance that we're looking for? Um, so another one that I do is just running. Um, I just, anytime I'm stressed or feel anxiety or anything like that, I just love to just step outside and run. It just, it, it Wait, takes you away clar- from technology. <laughs> clarify for me a minute. Like, 
are you saying you just like walk outside during your work day and just like run to the end of the neighborhood? Or are we talking about like going on a real run? Because so I think I, do, I could just sprint out my door and I think I would feel better yeah. if I did that a couple times a day. <laughs> so I do scheduled runs. Like I run uh, three to five miles every single morning before work. And then I do some runs um, in the evenings where I'll do longer runs, like six to 10 miles or something like that. Um, but I, I will do just spontaneous runs. Like if I have a problem, I'm, I'm doing some coding and I can't figure out how to solve the problem. And I just find myself just staring blankly at the screen, not solving any problems. I, I'll just step away, step outside and just do a quick sprint, sprint to the end of the road or um, sprint to the mailbox. Just make sure that I get my blood flowing. I clear my mind of whatever is bothering me and then come back and and normally I can solve the problem pretty quickly once I actually get my mind off of it. But yeah, Seth run. is one of my favorite humans in the whole world, you guys. But he runs for fun and he eats mushrooms. He and I are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I kept wanting to find a way to make a joke and say, who's chasing you? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you running from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's so funny. Um, one of the things that I have been kind of cultivating lately that I think is such a nice um, kind of balance for me is like I, when I feel the most healthy, it's when I have a really good morning routine. I've got this morning routine right now of like I eat the same thing. Like I have this water and I put um, that calm powder. I don't know if it's like magnesium. I don't know if you all have ever used that before, but it's called calm. And I, so it's a spoonful of this magnesium powder. I get my coffee going and I have a cliff bar and I walk outside. I let the bunny out of its, uh, its mansion and into play in the yard. And I take the dog in the front yard and start throwing the ball with the dog. Right. So during this spring and summertime, just like starting my day off with this nice routine that includes being outside, throwing the ball for the dog, seeing the animals, interacting with the earth, and like not starting right on any tasks right away, but just actually being outside. And especially, I know it won't last forever, and I I already like pre-grieve like it's it's barely the middle of spring and no, I'm already pre-grieving. It's not even here yet. <laughs> I, I'm like pre-grieving the sun going away for another nine months already. But like oh. standing out there and having like the sunlight on my chest mm. skin, like because I'm still in my nightgown, you know, um, and I've got my chest skin with the sun on it. It's like euphoria. Like that's mm -hmm. my euphoria. Mm-hmm. So that has yeah. been super helpful to me. Did you guys play outside in the rain when you were kids? Only for sports to me. Really? Like soccer? My, I don't know if it was just growing up in the country or what, but my mom said get outside. It didn't matter what the weather was. You found something to do. And it's interesting because I don't know if my kids have ever played in the rain. And I, <laughs> I've thought about that. I'm like, they need more time outside and in nature. And um, how do I get that when we live in the Pacific Northwest and it's rainy nine out of the 12 months a year? Mm -hmm. Maybe even more because let's be realistic. It's not like August never rains as it mm -hmm. does sometimes. <laughs> in June too. Sometimes, I mean, months yeah. of June or I mean, weeks yeah. of June. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. But I, I probably should just make them do it. I don't know. 
I never got pneumonia. Okay, Lindy, do you have a practice that um, you can share about, you know, something that you do that brings that sense of balance? So one thing is I try to follow social media channels that share lots of nature images. So I try to balance with making sure that I'm following social media channels that will provide me images of nature and inspiration for going places. Um, And then I just, I really like family time. So we try really hard to get out and go fishing and hiking and playing outside um, and taking my computer outside while my children play in the yard because I still have pretty young children. Um, So just maximizing the time that we can spend outside, especially when it's good weather. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's got any other practices that they want to share? Anybody else have anything big that they that kind of keeps them outside during this digital age? Not necessarily, except that I, I'd be curious to hear what channels you can think of that you follow, Lindy, because I do the same, um, follow several you know, get outside. And I want to mm. say that there's one that's get outside Washington. Um, I follow the Mount Rainier Visitor Center. Uh, Mm -hmm. I follow a couple different Mount Rainier pages and that they kind of tell you where the cool spots to go are off the beaten path. You learn more when you follow those pages. And then I think I follow a hiking page too. Um, And I feel terrible for not, I feel like it'd be valuable to be able to spit those names out right now, but I can't. So Lindy, (laughs) what are you following? It's okay. I can't spit out any names right now either, but... um, I like to follow photographers, especially. I know several photographers that really enjoy nature photography. Um, And so following them provides that kind of nature images. And then one of the blessings of my husband being in the army is that we move around a lot. And being an outdoor family, we tend to follow channels that provide information about outside where we live. So we lived in Alaska um, before we moved to Montana. So I still regularly follow several Alaskan-focused and Montana-focused outdoor channels that provide knowledge about laws, regulations, when it's safe, when it's negative 56 in Alaska, when the ice fishing's great, um, and lots of things about getting outside. It's... um PNW hiking with kids. There's like 17,000 members. It's huge group. Get on that. Mm, <laughs> if you're from the Pacific Northwest. Um, I have just a couple more that I'll share. Um, one is I love to sneak and I say sneak because it has to be when I'm alone and I don't tell anyone else. <laughs> I don't know why, but there's something to me about this independence of like sneaking off into nature with nobody checking on me that feels so liberating. Like, you know, we're in Washougal and um, their school, there's a park very close to it that butts up to the Washougal River. And so as soon as we get like these sunny days, I would like take them to school and drop them off. And then I would just go over to this park and spend a few hours like climbing a tree next to the Washougal River and just like nobody can see me. Nobody knows (laughs) I'm here, (laughs) you know. Um, So that like sneaky uh, out into nature behavior is just so liberating for me. I I don't, it's probably not, I don't like go hike up into a mountain without telling people, you know, it's not, it's not dangerous. It's like within city limits, (laughs) Um, but it still feels that kind of 
kind of liberating that is is really nice for me. Um, the other thing I like to do too is I have a black lab and black labs are water dogs, you know? And so I will go on a walk with my dog and we will go to, um, you know, the side of a river. I learned my lesson very quickly that I have to keep his long leash on because he multiple times now has just swam out and in the river just got swept down the stream and he's more than a hundred yards down and I'm like chasing <laughs> on the side of the banks of the river like talk <laughs> you know and and it's been scary but to watch him splash in the river the way he does like that just full presence of being and just so satisfied just by splashing in the water just being in that presence brings that sense of balance to me you know I'll usually end up getting about knee deep um, so that he can have a little bit more range to swim in and it's just just reminds me that I'm like a part of this earth too you know it just reminds me that I'm not even though I act separate from the earth all the time you know I'm so special in my car in my house with my computer like oh yeah I'm actually like a being that's made from this earth <laughs> you know and that's the feeling I I know that I feel like I'm chasing a lot of the time is this connectedness to you know, the, the family of living things on this earth um, and not that separateness that comes from the lives that we've created and boxed ourselves into so much. Any other closing thoughts? No? Okay. Then Lindy, I want to hear from you for our, for our closing question. Um, social media for good is uh, so much about us being mindful of the content we're putting out, being mindful of the content we're taking in, living a balanced lifestyle. Um, and so I want to know how your relationship is, your individual relationship with social media. How you doing? Are you healthy? Are you dysfunctional? How you, how you feeling on that front? I think I'm being pretty healthy and I feel like I'm taking a lot of ownership. Um, I have always felt that social media is not necessarily a safe place, right? Because it's really easy for people to be toxic and for people to be trolls and for things to spiral out of control really quickly. Um, but I recently, as we've been talking about social media for good and helping to create the internet that we want to see and the communities that we want to see, have decided to carefully and appropriately choose where to engage with content and help to create it a safer space. And I've actually taken um, a lot of like uh, strength from the podcast we did with Amy and about creating communities and like showing the type of communication that is beneficial and actually creates change. Um, and so I was pretty proud of myself. I, this last week, saw a piece of content in a uh, my hometown Facebook group that quickly spiraled out of control and I was like wait a second hold on let's let's actually be accountable for the words that we're using and labeling and groups um, generalizing generalizing and are we just complaining or are we trying to create a solution here and are the words that you're using you know the best way to do either one of those things um and it was really wonderful to see how many people were like hey great job for keeping us accountable and like be the change you wish to see and there was a lot of support 
um, like in the thread of my comments and people afterwards being like, hey, let's talk about where the real responsibility here lies. Um, So it was really wonderful to be a part of an experience of helping to create a culture and a community where balanced, non-aggressive language is important. I love that most people probably don't know Lindy personally. She doesn't put a lot of content on her own. Like she doesn't post a lot of content on her own page. Of course, protective of her kids and that kind of thing. However, her husband <laughs> will what? often hack will often hack her account and and post and we always know when it's him. And so when you said take ownership, I was curious, are you taking ownership of those two because I'll just let you know they're pretty wild. Um, I'm pretty sure she has an alter ego who is a belly dancer, is it? Yeah, yeah I think it's like yes. a competitive professional belly dancer in Egypt <laughs> and I have it uh, drives me nuts. <laughs> whenever he but posts those people oh, it's my that. favorite it's a it's wild, my favorite fantastic story about an alternate life where i was a little bit more selfish and went to learn how to belly dance <laughs> i it's i think they're hilarious and but that's kind of my humor too <laughs> and you instantly know it's it's him <laughs> yes Lindy, one thing I want to say to kind of just bounce off of your thoughts there is you have really wonderful moderation skills, like your ability to hear one side and bring a sense of understanding from both sides is so strong that I, it almost makes me tear up, like hearing you talk about taking that skill. It actually is making me tear up. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's because you're my sister and you really care about me. I don't know. It just to hear you be like, I'm going to use that for good, you know, and I'm going to step into these uncomfortable situations and use this skill that I have to help people come to a common ground. Like that is what we need for people to show up with the best of themselves and and bring people together on social media instead of tearing things apart. So I'm so glad to hear that that's something that you're doing. I know I've spent a lot of the last few years mostly talking to children because I have small children. So I feel a little bit out of practice, you know, in like adult language and like communication. And so like, I think that's been a little bit of my hiccup too. I'm like, well, maybe I'm just not going to come off as like intellectual and concise as I am. And I'm trying to purvey because I just talk to children all day long. But I'm like, you know what? You're not going to get better at it unless you're actually doing it. And you have a fair amount of knowledge, so you should just be kind and model respect. And most of us act like children on social media, so maybe that's the right voice to use. I'm just saying. And last uh, week when we were talking about favorite books in our meeting and you talked about nonverbal communication. Nonviolent communication. Yeah, that's, sorry. That's different. That's what I meant. Um, one of the ladies was, was like, oh, you're going to eye roll when your kids are older. And I was like, well, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that, but I often scratch my head at the things my children do that I feel like I've taught them not to and kind of like sandwiched it in there and was like, well, I'm not gonna really engage with that because I don't know what you're trying to say but okie dokie. I know it's it's so interesting being a human being and especially being a human being trying to talk to other human beings through screens 
and letter keys. It's a it's an interesting <laughs> life we live. Yes. All right. Well, I am very grateful for the time that you three took to come and have this conversation with us or with me. And I'm grateful for those of you listening. Um, and our challenge to you would be to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> check, your, <laughs> check your social media. Check your balance <laughs> in regards to how much time you're spending on technology versus how much time you're spending in the earth. It's science. If you're in nature you're going to feel better, okay? It's science, give it a try. And in the meantime, we hope you always just keep learning, okay? We will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Bye.